0: We continue with part two of our conversation with Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. At the end of part one, Mayor McFarland discussed economic development successes. We pick up the discussion as he talks about big things happening at the Murfreesboro Municipal Airport. Uh, the other uh, economic development uh, plus, which is a, it's a great thing that people are seeing, is the Municipal Airport. Um, we're using that now for council workshops. Yeah. Uh, it's being used for other other things. Um, and now a new taxi runway uh, being added. Some other things being added there this year.
1: Yeah, you know, the council, it, it's a funny story. Um, it, not many people know it, but my boys were, when I f- was first elected to mayor, so that was, you know, eight years ago, my boys were nine and they were playing soccer, um, so they were probably 10 or 11 uh, at this time, but they were playing soccer out at McKnight Park. And I have a nine-year-old right now, but he was a toddler at that time, and when the boys would practice, I would take Drew over to the airport. And we would sit, and you know he would watch the planes, and so I called Chad Gerke one day and said, Chad, you know, we've got such an asset at the airport, what are we doing with this? with this, um, it really wasn't a terminal. It looked was, like a house. Yeah. It was a the house was built in the 1950s that they had just, you know, it was really putting lipstick on a pig. I mean, it was just, they were trying to do the best they could with it. And, I, and I, he came back and he said, you know, we're, we're going to, upgrade and redo some of the things around there and and so i had just challenged him and and this was after drew had been there and we had we went there every wednesday and i just said well hey don't you think with such a, a growing community that we could do better i mean shouldn't we do something you know fitting of what with we're a city doing yeah, as the city <laughs> and so it took a couple of years to go through that process but um you know we as a council voted and we built um a new terminal out there and and you would not believe what that's done as far as setting that perception and setting the the trajectory to the airport to say hey we're gonna we're we're investing and we're going to work on this and you know since then tdk invested in um a, a multi multi-million dollar facility that vanderbilt life flight is based out of that now mike jones who is one of the the uh, premier aviation uh, with a certain plane called a, a, a Navajo, but he is one of the the premier people in the country on refurbishing Navajos, so he's building, you know, a new, in partner with the city, a new uh, hangar, so there are all these things out there that has just been, um, it, it, it's really been refreshing to see how something that was an older facility is now sort of transforming into the into the new age.
0: It goes back to that old principle, you build it, they will come. There's a lot of truth to that.
1: Yeah, and and it really, and it's not come without its challenges. Um, you know, we continually continue working with MTSU um, over the last couple of years. They they had seen sort of, exp- they would seen explosive growth in their aviation program. And, and you know, when we initially brought that up to them, I think it even caught them off guard once they started seeing what their actual numbers were. Um, You know, their actual numbers, they had projected a 6% increase on an an annual basis. And over the last four years, they've increased almost 130%. And I don't think at the time that they really knew that it had increased that much. So we've had some productive, um, especially with our new staff, productive conversations. And, you know, Mike, the the tough thing is as you, um, you see these opportunities, you know, you have to have some some really tough conversations sometimes and hopefully what you you know what you really hope is that everyone has the same mindset that you want to improve the city and ultimately when you have those tough conversations everyone's sort of marching to the same uh, goal of making sure of not only do we improve the quality and in um, the lifestyle of our of our residents but that we also increase that with job opportunities and those things and you know and i tell this to my my boys that find something that you love to do and something that you're committed to and all the good stuff will come after that you know so i don't ever worry about until i told them we had this conversation the other day about you know what they wanted to do what they want to do when they grow up and i've been a firm believer that find something that you love and you can devote yourself to and the money will come later and, and that's really where you hope in putting that in city terms that everyone is is ego aside and personal agendas aside that you're all going to make the city better. And if you go in it with that mindset, the tough conversations, all of that takes care of itself.
0: You know, a good example of that is the Fountains at mm-hmm. Gateway. That is a great facility. It looks great when you're driving by a medical center. Everyone knew that. They committed to it. But early on, it was tough for Scott Graby. Um, yeah. But yet, if you're doing something right, you stick with it and things will come. And now it's almost full, right?
1: Yeah. Scott is one of the most determined people I have ever worked with. He had a vision of what he wanted to see happen out there. Um, and I mean, I remember, quite honestly, when he came with that decision, it was so bold um, at the time that I remember saying, Scott, you and I have gotten to be friends throughout this process. This is risky. Are you sure you want to do this? You know, because Scott not only staked his reputation, I mean, he staked his financial future right. on, on building that project. So I was worried for him personally because, I mean, it was so ambitious for one person to do that, and he stuck with it. and. You know, I think he would be the first to tell you it's not been easy. But you know, the city partnered on on the land purchase and and helping him and putting incentives in place to be able that, as he created jobs, that he would get rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's not anything like. His project in Murfreesboro. The
0: lighting, everything about it is top notch. And isn't there uh, some approach? There's a second phase or a third phase to that. Are you getting close to? Yeah, he came
1: in front of the council about a month ago where he's going to start his second phase. Um, So, but, but you know, it's that saying a rising tide raises all ships. I mean, look what's happened in that whole area. Really, it started with the hospital coming out there. Um, but you really look at since Scott implemented his project and you start going west on Thompson Lane I mean look at the projects that have happened out there since Scott and what that's you know what that's really um, morphed into and I mean Scott gets all the credit on that and i I couldn't wish him any you know any more fortune or He deserves everything that that comes to him. And, you know, Scott, you go out there, go to the ice rink out there right now, Scott will be
0: working. He'll be there working. I mean,
1: (laughs) I know what he he drives, so I see his truck out there all the time. But, I mean, he's out there all the time. So I'm proud for him. I'm proud for his family because they really set the example of of what a a project he wanted to see, and he implemented it.
0: One of the challenges, and it's been ongoing for years, um, it's coming to a, a, a head now, is the middle point landfill yeah Um, and the city's intervened in that um i don't even know if we could call that a success yet um for for this year but it's something that you and the city have worked very hard on to try to resolve some of the issues one of them being the big odor issue
1: yeah i mean you know you contrast that situation to scott graby for example and scott did everything that he was supposed to do that was right, and he was rewarded for it. And then you look at the landfill, and, you know, the Republic came through with an expansion request. And, you know, as a council member or um, or even as a staff member, you know, we get – I think we had gotten almost 900 odor complaints – since late October, uh, um, sometime in October, so why would you reward or say that it's okay for someone to expand a facility that they have right now when they've proven that they can't even take care of what they have now? And that's really been something, um, you talk about tough conversations, I mean, I, I, we've had some really tough conversations with Republic and some of their representatives that, you know, we have to be better. And, and when I say we, that there has to be a better job done. I mean, just because that you, you, I mean, I opened my door this morning and it was cold outside and I opened the door to let the dog out. And the first thing I smelled was the dump. And so
0: I noticed it too. And I live on the West side this morning.
1: Yeah. So. And, and it, you know, we're better than that. And just because a deal was made in the 1980s or early 90s that allows us to, you know, dump our trash for free, um, they should be able to do a better job. You know, other, other in research, other landfills that are around the country don't have the odor issues that we have out at Middle Point. And so they've got to fix it. And, and
0: if the goal of uh, the city is to... either slow or prevent expansion you have to be prepared for taking care of the trash because you still we talked about earlier the issue of solid waste that's one of the first things that people think about when they think about their city and their city services Uh, so you're already in the process of building or starting to work on building buying land for a transfer station
1: Yeah, we've got transfer stations that we have planned you know we're working uh, the council back four or five months ago voted to expend some, some money and research with a company called Waste Away on biosolid fuel. Um, and, and that's really where I think into this narrative and I get passionate as a matter of fact, I, get, I just start getting mad when I start talking about the landfill. Um, that you know there's this narrative that gets created at one of our staff members, I love the term because I'd never heard of it, but he called it FUD, FUD, that fear uncertainty and doubt that you know you start you start sort of pushing well what what are you going to do with your trash if the landfill closes or what if they start taking stop taking our trash and it's sort of all of these things that create fear and uncertainty and you know even if the landfill expands we are just kicking this can further down the road where future councilors going to have council members are going to have to decide at some point what we're doing with the trash and i think that the the city and the county are, are all committed. The counties work really hard looking at, you know, what is that plan B and what's next? I know from talking to, you know, our friends at um, in Smyrna, Mayor Reed in Smyrna, Mayor Cole in in um, Laverne, Mayor Lehman in Eagleville, that we all are committed to finding a better solution. But the bottom line is that Republic has got to be able to take care of what they have right now just because, 70 percent of the outside trash or the of trash that comes into murfreesboro is from outside agencies does not mean that the west side of town or the north side of town or milton and las casas should have to open their doors in the morning and smell the landfill i mean so it's just a it's you can put this in politics or you can put your spin machine going on of how we're going to do this and we're going to do that but A man told me a long time ago. I'm from Missouri. I'm from the Show Me State, and I'm to the point where it's you know it it needs to be fixed.
0: The uh, the West Park, um, it's had different iterations as we all know in terms of locations. But now um, there seems to be at least a conceptual agreement between the council and Middle Tennessee Electric to swap land.
1: Yeah, is it okay for a politician to admit when they screwed stuff up? I mean, I. I know you don't hear that very often but you know I feel like on you know I said earlier I've been involved in city government for 20 years and um my time as mayor and before that a council member I think if I could say something that future councils or past councils and and, and me including something that we failed on is not being able to get recreational opportunities completed on the west side of town i mean that's one of the fastest growing areas that we have and just like i said you know i think the area that's out there they're they're saying the same thing that you know we're um, we're from missouri we're from the show me state so show Show us us. a park yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and we've not been able to do that now i think there were some extenuating circumstances five or six years ago when you know we had to build a school and so you know things Things come up that you have to look at. What are your wants and what are your needs? And we all, in in our homes, have to deal with. Okay, look, I need to pay the electric bill, but right. you know, I, w- I would love to have a PlayStation Four, but you have to you have to make choices. But we had a really um, good opportunity when we started looking at the 840 site. It's it you know it was the only site that we could find six years ago we could not find land on the on the west side of town and so we were able to find this property it was it was not the best but it was the best of the worst i guess is the best way to put it and so it's surrounded by four roads uh, blackmonroe road, burnt knob road veterans parkway actually five roads uh, vaughn road and 840 and typically you don't see that on parks but I was meeting with Craig Tindall, our um, city manager, and we were looking at, you know, areas around the west side of town that we were you know, working on our west park and what we were going to do on the 840 property and had the crazy idea of, you know, I said, hey, Craig, if this Middle Tennessee Electric property were, if it was available 10 years ago, would we have bought that property? And he said, absolutely, we would have. It's surrounded, that property's surrounded by city neighborhoods. The uh, Berkshire, the cloister, it's right down from where Vanderbilt's going to build their new hospital. So I I picked up the phone and called Chris Jones with Middle Tennessee Electric and said, hey, I have a crazy idea. Um, Our site is more set for ingress and egress for commercial development. People can't, if we build a park there, people can't walk to it because you have to walk for a city resident across the interstate, which isn't going to happen. And so uh, they talked about it. Their board unanimously agreed. They thought it would be a good idea, and um, we're it's going through the process now. So
0: so it's a win-win. They get more of the economic development type of location, and the city has the, yeah. Yeah, the and park they get
1: location. they get you know potentially a place for them to put a headquarters or engineering, or and then we get um, land that that is much more suited for a park where where people can actually walk to it, and it not be um, and it's surrounded by city residents. Do you know how soon
0: that location will go into a design phase for a park?
1: Our goal would be for next year that we would get through the land swap, start the engineering process and the design process. And, and I'm only one vote, but my goal would be that next year we would get all of the planning stuff done to be able to start uh, construction of a park in 2023. That That's would be great. my, that'd be my goal.
0: That's great, uh, and I know a lot of people on the West End will be excited to hear that. So, yes. Um, let's wrap it up by talking about 2022, and all this stuff overlaps, of course, but some of your main goals that you, as you look ahead to 2022, and I, you know, I think you provided a list for us, but um, one of them is the Broad Street development, what's happening here in that whole area. Yeah. We talked about the bottoms earlier, but that's still out there. A lot of people heard about the bottom study, and they probably the public probably wonders, when are we ever gonna get to that? But, yeah. But it's getting closer, right? Yeah, I
1: think there's several promising things that are being talked about now with new development in that Bottoms area and around the Bottoms area, but really just an overall redevelopment of of Broad Street. And, you know, this legacy announcement will be big with that. Um, There's going to be some road projects, hopefully partnering with the state for Broad Street from – 840 all the way back into Murfreesboro to, to be upgraded. Um, that, that's part of the, the things that we're working on to be able to upgrade the entire section of Broad Street. Lord knows we, that needs work uh, on that state road. But, you know, I, I think we have continually made an, a focus on infrastructure. And, I mean, I said this to the Rotary Club when I spoke to them a couple of weeks ago you're never going to be able to catch up on infrastructure and you know the 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 naysayers who say well you know you got to have infrastructure in place to be able before you 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 do something it just doesn't work that way um infrastructure comes with as people grow into an area that's when the infrastructure comes because if we had to do all of that on the taxpayers dime this would be one of the most expensive places you could live.
0: I mean, so it all go to the property tax of residents rather than to the developers. Correct. Yeah. So
1: now, you know, a lot of the times with the legacy coming in, it's going to be on their dime to improve the infrastructure in that area. You know, most of the water and sewer and roads that are built, that are city roads, are all built by other people than the city. And, and so, don't get me wrong. You know, I think there's a way that we we can like. You know the gateway is a great example. Fortress Boulevard, Manson Pike, those things where the city was proactive and went out and built roads, but it was with in conjunction with projects that were occurring. On why we built those, Veterans Parkway is a good example that we built a 14 mile road that
0: around the around around the the
1: city that we were able to do that in conjunction with other projects. So I think we're going to continue working on infrastructure inside the city and. You know the moment that you catch up on infrastructure is the moment that your city has stopped growing Um, and you know what i was saying to the rotary is that club is that you know you can drive an hour in any direction of murfreesboro and granted traffic is tough Um, you know we've got our opportunities but you drive an hour anywhere in murfreesboro and they would be dying for the for the the things that we have in our community, you know, I was in McMinnville the other day and and grew up in that area. And you know, there are a lot of people who drive are driving other places to work, and um, we're getting to where you don't have to do that. So I think economic development infrastructure is something we'll continue to work yeah, on.
0: Driving up and down Medical Center Parkway now, there's it seems like a new opportunity almost every month to go to a different restaurant and see see growth and uh, yeah. new new development and. Uh, you know, the opposite of that effect is no growth at all, and and people don't want that either. Yeah, so it, sometimes it, you have to accept a little bit of traffic to it's get me- those benefits.
1: It is, and it's measured. Um, you know, there's not a – you know, we don't have a faucet here at City Hall that we're able to, you know, ratchet that back. I mean, you know, and, and the thing that I, I routinely hear from our other mayors in Middle Tennessee once, when we, get, we all get together and, and meet – Everyone in Middle Tennessee is dealing with, with what we're dealing with right now. So I don't think it's just Murfreesboro who's dealing with these infrastructure needs and, and the explosive growth that we're having. Uh, everyone's dealing with that. And, you know, I think we we're, we all are, are committed, and as I said earlier, that, you know, that we're all working towards that goal of making sure that we love our city and that we try to do the right thing. And that's uh, hopefully what we all will do
0: are there any other goals for 2022 that you would like to highlight
1: yeah we're working really hard on a um a compensation study for our um our public safety providers and not just public safety providers but you know our our jobs that right now are really tough to fill, just because we're competing against the private sector for like those driver jobs you're talking about but you know i think what you're going to find and this is a mayor's opinion, I think your public safety jobs moving forward, especially in police, are going to be some of the toughest jobs to be able to fill just because of the pressure and the the, the long-term effects that come from being a police officer. We're lucky here. I mean, when and I'm not getting into all the politics, but when other areas in, in the country we're talking about taking away from the police... You know, we said we don't have some of the issues that the other places around the country are having, and one of the reason is because well, reasons is because Murfreesboro is a good place to live. And so, what you don't want to happen is when you're recruiting police officers, you're you're taking other people's problems and bringing them into Murfreesboro. And so, I think what we're going to be committed to is making sure that our public safety providers, including fire, um, our paramedics, that that we put them on the top of that scale that, you know, I don't know if we'll ever be able to compete with Nashville, but the lifestyle in Nashville is definitely different than Murfreesboro. So what we want to be able to do is to keep, um, and when I say lifestyle, like the, the challenges that you deal with as a Metro police officer is going to be way different than what you deal with in Murfreesboro. So what we have to be able to do is recruit the best and the brightest, but also make sure that we retain our employees, that they're not, You know, Murfreesboro is not a training ground that you get um, trained here and then you go somewhere else.
0: And there's the natural thing of retirements. We've had retirements, right? So you have to replace people when they decide to retire.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've had four people that I know of in the last month retire out of our in our police department, including Deputy Chief Eric Cook, uh, Alan Cox, who worked here at City Hall. I mean, we've just had Stan Meeks. Um, Mr. or Officer Brandon, who worked here at City Hall as well. I mean, we've had
0: some really good officers who've
1: retired, worked
0: a long time in the city, and yeah, provided that service. Yeah, Eric
1: was here 33 years, Stan was here 27, I think his total. So, uh, Alan was here 29. Um, so we we just need to make sure that as much like me, isn't somebody who's doing this for 20 years you want to make sure that you're grooming that next group to be able to come up that we don't miss a beat as a city um and that's something that you know i think as a council that we're committed to to do that
0: well if there isn't anything else that you wanted to discuss i want to thank you for being with us now the insider
1: that's my my pleasure I, i love being able to sit down and talk about murfreesboro
0: there's so much going on i mean we we have to be grateful for for the place that we live um i've lived here close to 20 years now and that's longer than i've lived anywhere else after living all over the country yeah and uh i'm i'm proud to call it home it's a it's a great place to live and to raise a family
1: i agree and you know what you're seeing mike is not only um you know a great place to live and raise a family but you're seeing so many people now that are retiring here as well so it's uh it's hard to to think about that right now especially in, you know in the cold weather in December right now my wife I, I tell her when we go out to walk we walk every night and I'm like okay look I'm gonna go walk right now but if you fuss about how cold it is right now then I'm going right back in the house <laughs> right so go up north and see what's that's like exactly there. right so I you know we are um with all the opportunities that we have with all the things it's easy to look at on the negative sometimes um we are we we live in a great city, and and uh, you know a, a big part of that is the people who work here, and then also the people who live in this city.
0: Well, thanks for your service and happy new year. Happy new year to you. You've been listening to The Insider, the podcast originates from City Hall. Thanks for listening via Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music Audible. You can also watch The Insider right here on YouTube. Our producer is Michael Nevels. For more information on the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit www.MurfreesboroTN.gov. Insider is the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Thanks for joining us.